What's good, idiots? Welcome back to the Big Idiot Podcast. My name is Charlie McAtee. For those of you who don't know me, this is the third episode of this podcast. I'm so glad you guys checked in and listened. I'm so excited to have two guys on here who are going to just make this podcast a thousand times better. G, the guy from Switzerland, the guy from Equinox, who I met a couple times, ended up becoming one of my closest friends at Fordham. And I got Michael over there acting as my tech guy. He's doing the th- or his thing. So glad to have both these guys working with me today. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thank Five you for having me. Five. Awesome, awesome. Michael, we recorded the second podcast yesterday, and it was great. Mm. This one's right now about to be so much better. So, cheers, guys. Let's get into it. Episode three of The Big Idiot. So, G, we started meeting, like, at Equinox, because you were always working out there, and I was working there. Like, Mm -hmm. when you walked in, what was the first impression you had of me? Like, you see me, you go, oh, does this guy go to Fordham? Or are you thinking, like, oh, he's, like, every other Equinox employee? Like, I don't, I, like, what did you think? What was your idea? Ooh. Before we, like, talked and hung out. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, first off, the place is, like, huge. So like it was always super overwhelming when I first went there. Like I always got lost, and everyone that worked there I thought was like super professional and like Tell really old it. and everything. Tell so I thought it. you were super old. How old do you think I was? I thought you were like 23, 25. 23, 20, wow, like 25 is a stretch though. I know, I know, but like older. Like you, you had your shit figured out, and you're like working at Equinox as your side job. You're doing something else. You know what? See that? See that reputation? I want that to be a reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. why we're doing this time. Yeah. So let me tell you. I'm, that makes sense. That makes sense because like that's I put on that part really well. Like to go to work at Equinox, I had to dress up. I had to, you know, like I, I even t- I went. I, I took a shower. I took a shower, washed my face, washed my body, got dressed like in a nice outfit, cleaned, pressed, like put my accessories on, did my hair, and walked in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you you've met Leo? Describe Man- him. What does he look like? The manager. He is from Europe. He's a tall white guy, pretty muscular actually. Maybe not. He doesn't come out a ton. But point okay. is, I meet this guy and my other boss, Kelly. You might, you've been on Kelly, don't you? She's the one with the white hair and the glasses. No, no different one. Okay. But anyway, I meet these two people and they're real professional. You know? mm-hmm. Like they sit me down and I act the part. I walk in, I go to the receptions desk and I go, "Oh, uh, it was Matt, right? The guy Matt who was working there." He's like, "Yeah, how are you?" I was like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm Charlie. If you don't remember, I'm here for my interview." And like I played the part. I sat down. Like I got hired. That job has, it just has completely gone, like, in a different direction in terms of, like, I didn't think I would ever become close with these, like, super professional people. I thought they were going to be really just, like, not get, be in touch with, like, the staff. They were, like, a big corporation. And I got to tell you, working there, they are the nicest people. Like, they are. Mm. That's why, like, for this podcast, I was thinking, I'm like, eventually, I'm going to be able to ask some of my bosses to come on this. If I have enough episodes and we do this well enough... Episode 10 could be with the manager of Equinox. That's a big guest. It's a big guest. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, we'll see what happens with this. I'm really excited. But enough about me. I meet you, Gio. We hang out a couple times, and this was last semester. You were showing me some of your videos. This, those videos were insane. They blew my mind. I mean, studying television and film is one thing, and, like, thinking about doing that. And I was like, this kid's a year younger than me. He's a Cabelli student, so he's not even like an art film, like always working on film kind of kid. He just does this as a hobby. And I was like, this kid is good at his hobbies. So what? where did that start? How old were you when you first started filming stuff for like creative purposes? I think as a little kid, I always started with photo booth. So I had like one of the first Macs that there was in my house, and I'd always go on photo booth, and I would film like, I don't know if you remember, but you had like these effects 
like there was this like Twitter bird that would fly around your head. You could film yourself, and I would make these little skits. And iMovie had this profile, like this little software thing where you can make these movies. Mm. Where you would just film a bunch of videos and it would edit it automatically, and you can make like trailers for all these movies. So I'd start doing that with like my siblings, with my brother, or my sister. Yeah. And we really got into it, and I think the the gateway into it was that my dad filmed everything. Really. When I was a little kid. He what what, what kind of camera? Like a phone or like an actual camera camera? Like a camera recorder. Like it wasn't a CD, but it was like a micro CD, like smaller. Gotcha. And he would always film us like during Christmas or. Uh, a Belgian event called Sinterklaas where you open up gifts and you would always film us and then we would always watch it back it was always Wasn't such Sinterklaas, a you told me about this once again you was like we've been hanging out you've told me about living in Switzerland and Belgium what, when you were a little kid you grew up in in Holland in Holland yeah How, in so you were born, born in Holland no so Belgium because like, we were Belgium. familiar with the hospital and then we went to the Netherlands, the Netherlands. Right. yeah and then over time my dad would just start filming everything well wait real quick real quick my question was like you, you live in Belgium born in Born in Belgium. Yes. Uh, lived up to the age of seven in Holland, and then I moved to Switzerland until now, and then New York. That's awesome. Yeah. Because like I, I was always going, geez, from like so many different countries, and I was never sure which. That's awesome. So, how old were you when you moved to Switzerland? I was seven or eight. Okay, I was so young, that's, young. that's most of your late childhood, early adulthood. That yeah. is like all of it. I'd say yeah, just basically my like the life I can remember. Yeah, like my conscious. It starts really starts there. Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. Uh, Michael, do you got a place like that, like a place in your life where you go, "That's where my conscious started." Like that's where I became aware of like what, like being alive was. Like for me, I was like mm. six, mm. five maybe. Like, like okay. you know what I mean? Like you don't remember you don't remember life when you're like two years old. I think I think the earliest I have is like I, I think it's three or four. But I mean, this is just it's such a faded memory. But I remember being in a car seat. And it was like fall, and I could see the leaves and stuff, and it was like autumn. Mm. I don't know, but it's such like that's such a faded memory. Yes. But it's like in my head, that's number one, you know. Yeah, mm. Gio, what's your what's your earliest life memory? I think my my house in the Netherlands, growing up, especially during like I'd say Easter. So I had a very big backyard, and my parents would always like do Easter egg hunts. So we had this thing where like the Easter bunny would show up and we didn't know about it and like our whole garden would be filled with like gifts and chocolate and whatnot. How old were you? I don't know, probably like four or five. Wow. And I remember my family coming that over. That was in your first house, the first that was in In the Netherlands, yeah. In the Netherlands. Yeah. And there that I think that was my first memory. Because wow. I was just like always so fun and such a like a, a joyful time. Yeah. Mine, yeah. so this is mine. So I'm like I think I was two. It's literally a single frame I can remember and like a couple other things. It's like a picture in my mind. I'm like two years old, and it was in my first house. I was my we built our house now when I was I moved in when I was two. So this was right before uh, we moved in. I don't remember moving into the new house. That was never like part of my memory. Okay. One memory that I have from the old house. This is weird. My dog. My mom got this big uh, inflatable ball pit, like you know, like a ball pit for kids. Yeah. Like huge. I mean, it probably wasn't that big, but I'm two, so I think it's the size of like this building. You know what I mean? I remember sitting on the floor. Like a little kid, two-year-old does, and I see my dog bite it and destroy it. Oh. <laughs> but all I can remember is the one frame of him going because <laughs> it was yellow. I can see yellow, and I can see my black dog biting it. And that's my dog was a black lab. That's my mm. earliest. But besides that, it's like it starts at like five. I can't okay. Like I have one. You know what I mean? It's weird. Mm. I have the weirdest memory, just the way my brain works. But okay. How about you guys? You guys got one of those crazy memories sometimes? Random. It works when it wants to, and then it 
then it just goes to shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the like significant parts in my life that I remember. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I can so, remember, like, the weirdest details, you know? Yeah. But I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how much thought do you put into what you eat for lunch every day? Sometimes you don't put any thought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, G, back to you. So, you get into video at a super young age. When's the first time you, like, pick up a camera and start doing your own, like, like an actual camera, just, like, iPad? You know, do you ever like what was your first camera? I never had my first camera up to the age of about fourteen or fifteen actually. Yeah. My mom had this like Canon handheld camera and I was such a chaotic child that I'd break these like every year. Yeah. So my mom would have to get a new one every once in a while. And I remember just like going on school trips and just taking photos with it and never really filming. The first video I actually remember that was actually very significant that I actually probably still have was of me making a parkour video in my backyard. Wow. In Switzerland, yeah. And when I was like 12 or 13. Damn. And that like, that series continued because you showed me the one of, with the mountains in the background. You were doing yeah. a backflip like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, there so you go. I, made, I would make these videos for my brother because like my brother is a very smart kid and he's very technical. Mm-hmm. So I'd always like try to make things to, like prove myself to him to show like how cool I was. Yeah. Look at what it turned and, into. Yeah. And I started making these parkour videos and I would show it to him. I would make it literally just for him. I would like make the title for Edward, my brother. Dang. And I would show that to him. And that's how I think I got into it. Yeah. So that video that we, sh- we showed, go ahead and shout it out. What's the title of the video so that people can go watch it? Which video? The, the school one. It's... Senior video ISL 2021. ISL? Class of 2021. ISZL, yeah. ISZL, class of 2021. And what's your your channel's name? Well, it's not on my channel. It's on Sven Antoven's channel, but my own channel is Guillaume Film Productions. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, because I want people who hear this to go and watch it, because let me tell you, this video blew me away. It motivated me. What was that? Fantastic work. Wasn't it amazing? I mean, that's, once again, I realized, I was like, if G's doing this well, I have to start doing this. So thank you for motivating me so much, man. Like, that was mm-hmm. insane. But your your school seems really cool. Yeah. So you went to this little, is it a private school? Yeah, it's it's an international school. Right. So yeah. kids are Wait, we'll all... Wait, we'll say it's, it's a private school. Yeah, but we'll, no, we'll yeah. say it's an international school. So it's an international school, and it's located where? It's in Switzerland. It's Yeah, it's located in the mountains. Okay. Yeah. By so Switzerland. Lake. You're from Switzerland. Was it mostly Swiss kids? No. There's two Swiss kids in my whole year. And so a- Asia... Uh, uh, Everything you can imagine. Really? Like, yeah. Even like United States? Yeah. No kidding. Five or six. Yeah. Imagine those kids' lives. Like they, they're from the United States, but their parents are so internationally well. Like for, you know, I feel like for kids in different countries, right? I'm in America a lot. So when I see an international kid, they've traveled a lot, mm-hmm. right? Same with like when you meet an American kid in Switzerland, they travel a lot. Yeah. Right? They didn't yeah, just yeah. go there for, like, vacation and stay. They, mm-hmm. Their parents are, like, ambassadors or they're international business people. Like, mm-hmm. that's interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I would love to meet an American kid who went to your school and talk about, like, their life. Because, like, do they understand America as well as I do, like, from, like, actually mm-hmm. living here? You know what I mean? Even though, like, they're not born and raised in Switzerland. I mean, they're yeah. raised there in school. Yeah. So, once, do you ever get one of your friends from that's American from back there? They come up, they're coming in here and they're, we're interviewing them. Yeah, we can do that. For I know some sure. people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know some people. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, so, I'm, so you do the film. That's one of your one of your biggest interests. Mm-hmm. And then also, you're a Gabelli student here. Yeah, and you're, a business you're student. you're majoring in? I'm majoring in global business and then concentrating in marketing and consumer insights. Global business and 
what was it one more time? A concentration in marketing, consumer insights. Marketing and consumer insights. So what is consumer yeah. insights exactly? That's essentially people's behavior. So I'll study anthropology and stuff. That's really interesting. I don't know if that's actually what I want to that's do, but... You know that's why you're good at stuff like this, like a pleasing an audience. Like, you know, you told me some things to do differently. That makes mm. sense. So you're hoping to... You also have a pretty good knowledge in stocks and uh, investments. Reasonable, yeah. So, so you're not hoping to go into, like, investment banking. No. But you're hoping to be in a professional business one day that's, you know... You could even be... And have enough experience to be like a CEO, a CFO, something like that. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So what's what's your dream business that you're working for? If you could work for one tomorrow and go walk to your dream job, what would it be? Where would you walk to? What country? Everything. Tell me. Mm, that's a really good question, actually. Here, I'll let you think about it. Michael, let's go back to you. You, uh-huh. wake, you wake up tomorrow and you go to your dream job. Anywhere, you wake up tomorrow anywhere in the world. Well, it doesn't have to be New York. And you walk to your dream job. Where do you wake up? What city? What place? What building do you walk to? What company? I think in Jersey. You know, i got to represent. Hoboken? Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> we working for my company. I don't know what that company is. It's going to be production. But I own film. it. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so you're uh, walking in as a business professional. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? So uh, it's going to be That's working something in, I gave a lot of thought into, you know. But it's going to be in film. Probably. So, yeah, it's got to be a production. Yeah. So I'm going to say what it is. It's a production company, and you also work as a director. And it could be like, yeah, he has a cool name, Scalaro. It's a cool That's last name. True. I want you to take yeah. advantage of that. Like, it, it means scholar in Italian. Scholar? Cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Scalaro Entertainment even sounds kind of, it's like a little uh, basic, but it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of that. Like, it's going to be Michael Scalaro, and he's going to be producing with the two of us some really cool projects, right? Mm. <laughs> anyway, Gio, did you could you think of your dream job? Yeah, dream? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I have a dream job, but I do have a dream plan. Dream mm-hmm. plan. Sorry, my fucking accent. Which is, I want to do as well as possible here. Yep. While I'm still at Fordham, because I had some other offers from other unis that were actually better than here, but I decided to come here because I saw an advantage that it was such a low student body, so I could excel. I could have gone to a bigger university like That's Northeastern, true. where I got accepted into. But I couldn't stand out as easily compared to here where I'm competing versus about 200 to 300 people. There it's a lot easier to stand out in. So I hope to do as well as possible here. So I am, I'm working so hard here to do my best. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, through that, I hope to get an MBA in a very nice university with a very good prestigious name. And then after that... You said Harvard. Yeah. Harvard, hopefully. That's like the dream. It's very optimistic, but that's the dream. I think you could get there. I'm serious. Hopefully. I'm serious. I don't know. I don't know what it is about you, G. But every, like, we hang out. We have a good time too. But like every time we're together, and it motivates. Like, it motivates me. I'm like, this kid's gonna get to the top. So if Harvard for some reason doesn't accept you, it's. I want you to remember this. That I'm saying this right now. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's just that that process is so selective. It's almost random mm-hmm. at the bottom. You'll get. You'll be in. There'll be some guy at Harvard looking at your transcript, your everything, and the other person's, and their job is to pick one. Mm-hmm. And they're literally going to be so panicked, they're going to put on a blindfold and do like any, mini money, mo, and they're just going to, by luck, see the other per by not not your luck, they'll see the other person's and go, I think he's better, but I picked this one, I have to go with my gut, and they throw that in the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, because I want you to know that. Because if you don't get in, which I really don't see happening, that's why. Seriously, okay. I want you to be that. I want you to be that confident. Okay, thank you. And guess what? 
like how you said, this this school wasn't your best, but you saw a really good advantage in it. So, yeah. So let's say you don't. You're gonna be. You're gonna go. Okay. Don't get emotional about it. Take the next step. Make the best of the situation. I respect that so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I, Fordham was my reach school, and looking at looking at it, it probably could. I probably could have reached a little higher, but okay. my sister went here, so I knew it was a prestigious school. I love it here. Yeah. But for you, I think you can go higher. And man, I want to see you go higher. So I just I, I want you to get have that confidence boost because thank you. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. I was actually not planning on coming to college. Really? Yeah. So you're 18, and mm-hmm. You, you've been thinking about college most of your life, I'm assuming. Were you one of those people? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say, like, around high school time when I, like, started to consider the AP. That's when I really started to take it seriously. Because in my school, it was always in your last two years that you started taking AP. There you go. So and you t- start taking APs. You have APs in Europe? Yeah. yeah APs international. AP. Yeah. I didn't know AP was international. I know IB is. Yeah. My time was, uh, my IB? exam times were at 10 p.m. IB suck. What's yeah, IB? so bad. I don't, I don't have International baccalaureate. I don't have it's, that at, before, it's on a forty-five point scale. So my whole life, even in my high school whole career, it was I took IB essentially, which is out of seven points. And you take seven classes. You have HL and SL. You have higher level and standard level. You can take a variety of subjects. So you can take English, math, this, that, that. And then you have also three other things: TOK, Theory of Knowledge, EE, Extended Essay, as well as CAS, Creativity, Activity, and Service. And that's based out of forty-five points. And getting 45 points is almost impossible. So if you get 45 points, you're in an Ivy League super easily. The world average, I believe, is 34 points. So like that's where it's right around. And to get into 40, you need about 38 or 39 points. If my sister had taken that test, she would have gotten into Columbia. Yeah, I'm you think? serious. I'm it's, dead serious. It's a two-year program. It all leads up to it. I don't. It's and you do it in high school. And it's arguably harder than university. Hey guys, let me talk to you about our sponsor, Vulgar Activism, a graphic design company that raises money to give back to the community. Right now, if you visit vulgaractivism.com and put in the promo code TBI, you will receive 20% off your total purchase of any graphic tee or sticker. $3 from every shirt sold is donated to a local food initiative to provide healthy, hot meals to those most affected by COVID-19. Since the last podcast, they've reached out and congratulated me on my very first brand deal. Go do a good deed for all of those affected by COVID-19 and use the promo code TBI, the initials of the big idiot, TBI, for 20% off any of your merchandise. That's vulgaractivism.com. Put in the promo code TBI for 20% off. So yeah, my sister's place. She's got this crazy, like, you know, it's 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 old-fashioned. It's got a tiny kitchen. It's got two tiny bathrooms, but it's got roof access. So I was telling Michael, we're probably going to, you know, go look at that this weekend. This place is going to be cool. How do we get on the topic of, of apartments? Your sister. My sister and her apartment. That's yeah. right. You know, so, my, yeah, Michael and I are going to probably be taking over her apartment we're going to be decking it out and our, our posters and stuff, it's going to look really cool. Like We're going to be cooking. We have mm. a rooftop. So I said, I'm like, we're going to use that rooftop and have really cool hangouts. Like, I want to get some chairs for up there, like some kind of lights, and make it like a cool spot to be in. Have you come over next year? Have sure. whoever. It could be anyone. I don't care. Looks like our friends. Your friends, yours, mine. Who, who cares? Yeah. That'd be really fun. So next year, we'll have this set up somewhere also, duh. And we'll be going having really good hangouts at our place. I mm. can't wait. So, And mm. you're going to be living where next year? 
I don't know yet. I have a housing deposit for here, just to be safe. But I hope to get my own studio somewhere. So. With the real estate thing? Why don't you talk about Maybe. that? Oh. oh, that's right. So yeah, G. So another thing that you do, you, I completely forgot about this. You've been getting into real estate lately. And you're keeping that as a hobby, which is another really, yeah. it's a hobby that could be a career in itself. Yeah. But can make you a good amount of money just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So what are the name of your websites? Yeah, so I bought a couple domain names just to be safe in the future if I wanted to start something. So like the whole aim of my thing is just to make the most easy and subtle process for students to get housing in New York because it's quite an intimidating process. So I bought nycstudenthomes.com, nycstudentlofts, and I think the one that I'm going to stick with is New Amsterdam Living. I like it. And with that, I just hope to have of course, maybe a little bit more of a higher end company, but something more reliable and just more attractive for people to... Something that you could potentially make a lot of money to the point where you could even have a career out of it, like a mini career. And also, when you start making really good money in marketing and these other fields, you can make your real estate company grow to a crazy size. You could be selling million-dollar apartments one day, and part of your fortune is the fact that you make a couple million dollars on sales. Mm -hmm. I I see that. And I spoke to my my parents about this, and my parents are extremely like grounded and realistic and you know they're not they're not gonna be like oh my god you're amazing you're gonna do it like me yeah but (laughs) but they're like so psyched about this are they really yeah like they're really pushing it like every time i call them they're asking me about how it's going and what i'm doing let me and michael know how we can get involved yeah yeah. i mean i'm just saying that if it's not you let me know how i can get involved because i would love to help you work on it put some money into it and like once again project of yours that I'm working on, I'm going to be so motivated to keep going. And once again, in the future, it's a good way to make some cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We, you're at the beginning now. I'm here yeah. to offer this help. So I'm going to be part of that, man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anything you need me to do. If, if you text me tomorrow and go, oh, so I, something's due today and I can't do it. Charlie, you can probably handle this. And I go, yeah, I can handle that. I'll do it. Seriously. Super. Yeah. Thank you. And then yeah, I, I'm yeah, serious. For sure. Because yeah. once again, this is just type talking hypothetically, but that'd be great. I would yeah. love to be doing that. What I what I think my edge is gonna be though is that I think I'm only gonna hire exclusively European people if I do go through with this. Okay. Because you know how like Americans love Europeans and like the vibe of it. Yeah. Like mm. who so wouldn't love to go into an America? Office? Loves their Europeans. Here's sure. here's a good idea. So right, yeah, we're not Europeans, obviously. <laughs> well, I'm partially European. Well, but. I mean, I am too, but like. <laughs> You're, well, you are more. Ta- you're probably have, more Italian yeah, than I, I got, am. Uh, I got European. European heritage, I guess. Right. but I'm not from Europe. Mm. Point is, though, you want people from Europe, like international people, like you, because and they could be like the American students from your school, but they're international people, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're not necessarily international people, but when that time comes to hire those people, it won't be us. But we can still help in the other ways of being like For sure, yeah. investors, you know, being I don't know, chairman or some some kind of thing, like, right? Because that's a business that could blow yeah. up. And yeah. make you a ton of money. Like yeah, yeah. real estate. I mean, sure. like billionaires come from real estate. Yeah. They do. Uh, and, and knowing you, you're in the great, you're in one of the billionaire real estate markets yeah. in New York City. And with your knowledge and your work ethic, you'll be able to figure out something in like a couple of years. So I want to, <laughs> I want to tell you right now, I want to be part of this, my man. Right? I mean, for real. Yeah. I told you. I want to, so this is what's going to be. We're gonna, you're going to be selling the, your dream apartment. Or selling like you know a multi-million dollar apartment, and the night before they move in, you have the keys, and we're gonna go there and record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's Actually, in like that that's that's hell. in like 10, 15 years. I see it. 10, 15 years. We're there, man. We're gonna be like on um, Billionaires Row, 
in like uh, 432 Park Avenue, the real square one with the big windows. Oh yeah. And we're gonna be recording a podcast with like some re- like with professional people actually, and make it a party. <laughs> I actually like my plan is to have this thing running and like smooth sailing by the time I graduate because I don't want to work on it while I work. In the meantime, while it's in its beginning phases, let me teach me some things and let me help you because yeah. I will genuinely put in time and effort. Thank you. And yeah. I think Michael too because like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just starting out so I don't even know what it entails this whole right. process and With, journey. You know, things like, you know, if I go, if I get a major in communications, right, and you need something for your business and I know people in communications, that's my connection. So I have a connection. All right, so like for right now, let's just, Please stay connected with me, G. You're being a, you're a great podcast guest, and you're a great future business partner and yeah. future podcast guest. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to being silly. Um, oh my god, have you guys ever seen the movie Project X? Mm-hmm. Of course, who hasn't? All right, so that, that's that's another dream of ours. But uh, man, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. How, how have you guys been doing? I've been stressed, but obviously stressed in a good way with this stuff. Yeah. How you guys been? Just you know surviving. Getting through college. Yeah. yeah. G, how you doing? I'm doing good, but I'm getting burnt out. But that's okay. why spring one break is coming more out. Week. Yeah. Yeah, one I'm, more week. I leave Wednesday, so it's fine. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. not have class Thursday, Friday? I have one class on Friday, but I already got excused. Oh, there so. you go. I, yeah, I have to stay till Friday. But you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the beach. So I'm going to my beach house for spring break. My parents have a beach house. And I said, I was like, you know, guys, I'm probably going to bring some of the equipment back home. And I'm going to maybe do a podcast with my parents. <laughs> that might be hysterical because my mom is a, my mom is a character. She, I told I talked about her in the last podcast. She's from Jersey. She's very out there, but like she's gotten a little shy. But like she can put on a, a character sometimes and like really talk about something. So I was like, she's gonna come on here. My dad's a doctor. Like he's a little more shy sometimes. Okay. But, like unless he is like in like a party environment, which is funny. It's like him and like all the other doctors. <laughs> no, my parents are great, man. I they're they're crazy people. But I'm probably gonna record one while I'm at my beach house. It might be really nice. That'll be good. Yeah, probably really relaxing. Yeah. So I gotta make sure I can just get all this crap to the beach house, back to Florida, and to, tough, to the island. So okay, no, I, I got it. I got it. Here, I came up with this <laughs> topic. Yeah. So guys, I came. So I was in class on this was yesterday. I was in my media law class. So we're talking about you know television and film. We're talking about radio. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, I can't. The topic yesterday, it ended up somehow getting me and my group to discussing the death penalty because, like, it was talking about. Oh, it was talking about like, um, you know, killing someone's reputation by posting things about them online. Like, what's the legal ramifications of that? Okay. So, right, you post a picture of someone at a party or a video or something, and they get fired. Let's say, can they sue you? Things like that. Okay. And she wrote some questions on the board, and my group and I were going and just talking about different things because like we got done in like ten minutes, but she was like, I, I saved like thirty minutes of class for this. So we're like, all right, whatever. We start talking about the death penalty. Somehow it comes up, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, because like it was an inter- it's always an interesting topic to think about because you don't really hear about it anymore. But they were she brought up someone who got lethal injection and survived, and like what the legal ramifications of that were. And it was an interesting story. The guy, they couldn't find his vein, but they kept, like, injecting the needles in him. So he got a little messed up, and then he, I think, and he died of COVID. He died oh, of COVID no. in 2020. He survived Out 11 years things. after lethal injection and then got COVID and died. I was like, that is so sad. Like, the guy survived something that has killed hundreds, if not thousands of people, and then got COVID. I was like, this poor guy. Was he guilty, though? 
I th- what did he do? I think he was. I can't remember. I mean, it was pretty bad. No, I mean, listen, the guy doesn't deserve to be alive. My point is, it's just how ironic is that he survives the death penalty and then gets COVID and dies? Yeah, that's crazy. That's you crazy. Hear, like that old story where like they were trying to hang this guy, you know, because that's what they used to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they hung him, but I think the rope snapped or something, and uh, he lived. And he's like, he argued like, well, he served his death penalty because he was put to death or whatever. Yeah, and at the time, the law was like, you know, you just need to get you needed to get hung, you didn't need to die. That's that's like how it was worded or whatever. Right. So after that, they worded it hung until death or whatever. I think it was in Britain. I've, okay. I've heard that story. Yeah. I, there's been cases of things like that where someone survives. You know what they said the number one successful uh, uh, form of execution was? Wait, can I guess? Go ahead. Electric what you, chair? What's your guess? Like firing squad? Firing squad. What's that? Just firing squad the is where they put one person on a wall, and for some reason, typically, they'll line up like multiple people, and they shoot them. It kills them 100% of the time, but I was like, I was curious. I was like, that's interesting. So I started reading about it, like, just out of curiosity. And they said, yeah, it's successful every time, but it's consider- they, they um, criminalized it, basically, because of how brutal it is for two mm-hmm. reasons. First of all, sometimes they give, like, mo- they'll only give one officer a real bullet so that no one gets the guilt of killing him, right? So, like, it, let's say it's eight people. There's seven with a, a blank and one oh. with a real bullet. They shoot. It happens so fast. They don't know who actually did it. But they said that that actually caused even more problems because the officers were going, okay, I'd rather just know than guess, right? Yeah. So that happened. And at the same time, they said, like, when someone when someone gets shot in front of a firing squad, it doesn't necessarily kill them immediately because they might not hit the head. They might hit them in the stomach or in the, I don't know, like, some body part that makes them last for a couple minutes or, like, hour i'm like oh my god i was like that's horrible yeah. and yeah and it was the last guy to get it was in like 2009 okay i was like that's interesting like, where uh this was in utah where utah. utah it's like only one of, it's one of the only states where they still allow it i told you for some reason i was bored in class i just kept reading so my question was this for the group though and this is the question i want from you guys right they don't do it anymore but the last meal the last meal you can get anything you want pretty much like within certain boundaries but i think they've even requested things like one guy was like i want something from this thing from paris and they flew it in for him i think that happened but don't don't cite me on that but i thought i was like what would be my last meal and i was asking my class and we were going through some like the weirdest ones so gee what would be your last meal if you could get anything you want before you got probably lethally injected because that's what happens today mm. i think i live large i get a glass of champagne and some olives and that's it I don't know if they let you have alcohol, though. Uh, no, they do. Uh, people, have, people have had, like, listen, really? listen, the rule is this. The rule Yo. is this. For now, in cases of not really being sure, you can have anything besides, like, hard drugs. <laughs> yeah, I think a glass of champagne and some olives. Okay, glass of champagne and some, what kind of olives? It's called Perdigon olives. It's from a special field in Spain that I love, like, wow, so good, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. You did spend some time in Spain, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I say I spent around maybe a third of my life in Spain. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Combined. Like, not in one And you do know Spanish. Combined. Hmm? You do know Spanish. Yeah. Wow. All right, so olives and champagne. Are they black olives, green? What kind of? Green. Green. They're, they're like, a bit firm. They're, they're really tasty. Really salty, I bet. Dang, those sound yeah. really good. Michael, you get to choose. They, get, they go, what do you want for your last meal, man? Uh, it can literally be anything you want. 
from around the world, mm. what do you get? What do you order? And it can be something like personal, like your mom's homemade recipe. They've done no, that before. I, I know. I got uh, this pasta carbonara, fettuccine carbonara from this place in Venice that was on the water. Yeah. We got there by boat. I don't know what the hell the name of this restaurant is, but best fettuccine carbonara I've ever had. Yeah. In Venice. There you go. I th- for some reason I've been you know I've been cooking a lot lately. I made this cheesy flatbread for you guys before we started recording. So good. Not re- I mean hey, but I t- I added some spices. I added some sauce. I did pretty good. But my point is I've been getting into cooking lately. I've been seeing a lot of Gordon Ramsay stuff, and I've always been saying God, I gotta go to one of his restaurants. So let's say this. Let's say I was in the seat. They put the meal in front of me. If this was tomorrow, it's gonna be Gordon Ramsay's meal. I would have him cook. If he, co- I would ask for him to cook for me, like in person, like like I'll sit in the kitchen and like that'll be my last conversation with Gordon Ramsay. Like, think about it. Imagine that being your last conversation. But point is, my last meal is something that he cooked. Could I contradict that actually quickly? Go for it. So my roommate was on Master Chef. Yeah. Wow. And we gotta get him on this podcast. Yeah. For sure. Let him know. And apparently he cooked. He was on Master Chef Kids and or Junior. It's called Junior. Yeah. Mm. And apparently he cooked once. For, like the kids before and he said it's not as good as it seems yeah but oh, it's all like he has more fame than like skills that he's really marketed himself well you know I gotta be honest though right he does probably but you know that he knows what he's cooking if he wasn't if you told him right now cook me a filet potatoes and asparagus and make it as buttery or make it as healthy or as unhealthy whatever just yeah. do that. Those are the three things you need. You know that would be probably one of the best meals you ever ate. That's true. Yeah. Right, yeah. He obviously experiments and does some really crazy stuff, but if you say gave him a basic item and said bake it, cook it, do whatever, he'd make it better than you probably ever had it. And if he didn't, he would take it personally and probably probably start screaming at you because he's so angry at himself. You know what I mean? But I want Gordon Ramsay. And I, want him, cause I saw him a video where he was uh, talking to prisoners. He went and taught them how to cook. Mm. Obviously, it was like really like secure because they had knives and stuff but like he would when he talked to them he treated them like chefs right so like, i wonder what he would say to me if i was like yeah they accused me of like double murder and now i'm getting the injection in like 10 minutes and he's like oh interesting like i wonder what he would say to me you just curse a bunch you donkey <laughs> he oh no he, i don't think he'd do it. i bet you he would get deep because he gets deep that's why i like him so much like i want to gordon ramsay if you're listening, you're going to be on this podcast one day. It probably you'll, You can make fun of the name as much as you want, but if I get interview you, that's a, that's a successful podcast right there. Anyway, but what's funny was my teacher, I, you know, we're in class, we're talking about our last meals, and I, I was looking up, like, what are the weirdest last meals, right? One guy asked for a single olive. That was it. Didn't matter what really? kind. He asked for one olive. Some people, you know, obviously they don't get it, but, like, some people ordered like a whole smorgasbord of food and like one guy one story even said he shared it with the officers he was like i want to get food and like feed it to everyone i was like that's interesting that's, that's really good yeah and they yeah. they and it was his last request so i'm pretty sure they sat there and like ate with him it was weird but they i mean it's i'm like could you imagine being one of those officers yeah they're like it's a, a guy that is accused of like killing like 10 kids and he's like i want to eat lasagna with you guys <laughs> Um, my mom makes the best lasagna. She's going to cook a lasagna for me, and I'm going to cut it into 12 pieces, or we're going to cut it into 12 pieces, and I want each of you guys to sit with me and eat a piece of lasagna with me because I never like to eat alone. 
and they have like I, I don't know if they'd have to obey it but my point is could you imagine if they did I'm pretty sure there's a real story like that he like slides the play goes hey Johnny don't go too crazy on the watts today <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant in New York City do you have one it's called Milos Milos Estatorio Milos okay it's a Greek restaurant yep and there's an island actually called Milos mm-hmm. in Greece and the night before or the day before, let's say, they fish in Milos and they pick all the fruit and vegetables and then they fly it out to all of the locations. So they have a London yeah. restaurant, they have a New York restaurant. So the fish that you're eating is caught the day before in Milos itself. Wow. So it's the, yeah, it's the freshest food you can get. Do you know if they have one in Miami? Amazing. Yeah, I think so. I've been to that restaurant before. Really Milos. good, right? Miami. Milos? I'm Milos. not a big seafood Milos. guy though, yeah. but I think I had lamb chops. I think we should go once. So how much is it? Uh, a lot. Mm. Like what? What'd you get? Like a salad, a tomato salad, which is gonna be the best salad you'll ever have in your life. Yeah, hands down is about thirty-five or forty dollars. Wow, that's a yeah. salad. But what's, what's a fish entree? Uh, Couple hundred. Isn't it yeah, like market probably. price? I don't know. I. I paid for the last one. I can check. Man, you have to have some serious money to really comfortably enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I only like we only do it when my parents come to visit, just to like feed me, basically. Like my parents come here just to get my shit organized. Yeah. And feed me. So here's 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 the dream. Right now, let's let's save Milos. 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 Let's save that for once again, like five to ten years from now when we can go and each spend like a thousand dollars together like so three grand bill and like enjoy it get drinks get salads get steaks get fish get dessert coffee everything yeah for right th- for three people i paid 360 not the end of the world like yeah, so, person. so i say this let's say it'd be early at 25 but let's say 25 even we go to that restaurant and we with a thousand dollars in each of our pockets so three grand total and we just Enjoy the best fish, best salad, best everything. Milos, if you're listening, sponsor the podcast so that we can get that money and make content from your restaurant. You guys know you guys know you want to do it. Anyway, no, I no, but I, I feel like we could actually go once just for lunch and because the theme of the restaurant is sharing. So if you get oh, a salad, you like share the style. salad. It's family style. Yeah, so if we get a salad, we just share that. Then we get like during lunch and we get a coffee with that. It'll be I'm more curious about the fact that they actually fly the fish over. Yeah. Okay. Every day. If we go there, mm-hmm. if we go there, we're gonna be best friends with the waiter, and we're gonna spend like an extra thousand dollars on a tip for him. I I so the first time I went was in London, and they dropped the plate like by the table next to me or something. Yeah. And just by accident, one of the shards flew into my eye, and huh? I had a shard <laughs> of glass in my eye from like a white glass. Oh, total and, total accident. Yeah. Like you weren't. You probably weren't freaking out. No, no, no. I mean, I felt that it, something was in my eye. And they, they, oh. they, they, they treated me like I was some, some king. And they were amazing. Gave us free food, everything. Wow. They were super nice about it. Took me to a back room. That's, that's the kind of places I want to go to. I, yeah. treat, I treat most restaurants like that. Because like, I've worked in the restaurant industry as a busser and a dishwasher and a yeah. host and a bar back. And let me tell you, like... I mean, it never bothered me because, like, I, I work at Equinox. Like, I deal with crappy people. But, yeah. man, when someone's crappy to, like, a waiter and they yeah, don't tip that's... them. Like, I got to know waiters and waitresses who have tough lives. You know, kids, you know, they got to pay for, you know, their rent and they don't have a lot of money. And they're go- they're just going bill by bill. That's why nowadays if I, tip a, if I have a waitress or a waiter, I 
tip them 20%, even taxis, 20% minimum. That's so good. Yeah. And like the only time I'll go below 20 is if they have, if it was like a transaction that only took a couple minutes or something, like I go for a quick bite. Usually I don't tip a ton with like, um, like coffee shops and stuff like that. Yeah, I get that though. Usually not. But like at a restaurant, I'm tipping 20%. That's my goal. If they don't earn it, it's typically because they really did bad. And even then, I'm, yeah. giving, I'm giving like 18. <laughs> I'm like, Voila. like they get, I, I don't know. Because I said, I just can't go through with it. Like I, I've worked so hard in restaurants and seen people like genuinely good people just mess up and have a bad day and they go home with no money. And okay. they're like, my rent's due tomorrow and they're screwed. That's sad. So yeah. like, I don't know. Like I, I just empathize with waiters and waitresses. So to, if, this, if this podcast goes viral and I go to a restaurant yeah. and they try to kill my reputation, I won't because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, uh, I always tip well. The, the culture in Europe is very different, actually. It is. It's yeah, better. Like the, there's no tip. You barely tip. If I would tip in a restaurant, let's say the bill is like two, three hundred, you'd like give your change. You give like three dollars. Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, the good restaurants in New York, we went to a restaurant. Uh, my, my parents were here for Thanksgiving. Bill was probably upwards of, you know, even maybe upwards of a grand. It was f- six of us. It was a steakhouse. My parents oh, wow, were yeah. wine, stuff like that. And uh, you know the the way the, we tip the waiter a lot because it's in America. At the same time, my parents know they're like that guy just walked home with like six hundred bucks in his pocket just from our table because like he works at the restaurant. He's worked there for twenty five years. He makes a six figure income from being a waiter. You know what I mean? So like in Europe, it's the same way. Like waiters can make money. Yeah. And they they tourists in America sometimes don't know that, so they love. Americans, they treated me and my family like royalty at some of the places, and like we weren't paying. They definitely do. Can confirm. <laughs> no, yeah, Michael, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like they'll go there and they'll be like, "Oh my goodness, sir!" And like you know, it's it's like a steakhouse. It's nice, but it's nothing like crazy fancy. I mean, it's gorgeous because it's Paris or London or whatever. But they yeah. they know how to schmooze Americans. Well, together. they they all deserve it anyway. They do. Like any European the they do. kitchen, like throws down. No, like they we went do. to one place in Italy. That was literally like just someone's house and they just had like a restaurant set up in the back. Bro, best just like I got pasta with like marinara sauce, bro. Yep. It smacked. It was yeah. so good. No, best I mean, plate of pasta I ever had. I know a girl who worked the front desk at a Mandarin Oriental in Hong Kong and she oh, was Oh, there's more than one. Yeah, it's a chain. I didn't know that. It's a chain. There's like one in Tokyo, London, everywhere. And there's one in Hong Kong and she showed around a room to some like guy and the guy offered to tip her eight hundred. Oh my just God. for showing the room to her. I bet you, I bet you to get a job at Mandarin Oriental, you have to be have a good resume. Yeah. So I feel like Equinox is gonna get me there. <laughs> if I and they, they hire based off looks. Oh, do they really? How you portray yourself, yeah, and how you carry yourself. I told you when I put on the part, I put on the part. <laughs> so if if it was if it was if I went in there and didn't get hired, it would be genuinely because I'm not good looking enough, or I d- didn't have the qualifications. <laughs> I would, it would be a modest day if I got they're like get out. I'd be like, I gotta go to the gym. I gotta go uh, wash my face and go to a dermatologist and get a good haircut. It's time. <laughs> Do you know that the with the manner in here on the opening day there was like this Indian billionaire and he was so impressed by it. He's like one of the richest men in India. He goes, I want to buy it. So he bought it on the day of the opening, the Mandarin here. And now no he has kidding. full control of it, yeah. Have you ever been in there? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, have you been? I mean, I walk past it every day when going to the gym. And, nice and warm, one night, it? one night, I go, okay, there's a little lounge at the top. And I was like, let me go see. The Mo Lounge. I think so, yeah. I got dressed up. I said, I'm, not, I'm probably not even going to buy a drink. I just want to go see if I can just get in. Just out of curiosity. And they said, yeah, we have a couple spots available. Went in. Hung out and then just like went home and I was like, wow, like that just felt good. 
didn't spend any money. I just sat there and like, just like, I mean, I was only there for like 15 minutes. I, I knew they were gonna make me order like a $30 drink. Same time, I didn't want to spend the money, so I just sat there and enjoyed it, and it was great. And I walked home, and I was like, "This, I can imagine. I know why billionaires are going there." Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know if you noticed, but you did you see like a bunch of cases with watches up there? Yes. Yeah. So that lounge is made for watch dealers. So like, let's say you're having coffee or something, you can meet with a watch dealer there. So there's a company called Jacob and Co. Yeah. And he's like one of the biggest watchmakers in the world. And he actually lives here in New York. He has an office on 57th Street. And if you want to buy a watch, he'll come to this lounge. And you can just sit down and have a coffee with him overlooking Central Park. And you can look at all of his watches that are displayed there. All right. Crazy. So, talking about this. By the time we are 30, 35, I want to meet both of you there on like a Saturday. Spend the day in New York and go to there and buy a watch and get a drink. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about it. I, let's let's make that another goal. So, goal like number five that I've come up with on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, no, that's amazing though. Yeah. That is amazing. That's Good the dream. Model. That's the dream of like living rich in New York is doing that kind of stuff. It that's is. that's what I noticed. You need to either know people or have a lot of money to actually mm-hmm. make it worthwhile. Because to be honest, as a student here, if you don't know anyone, it sucks here. Like, oh yeah. Nothing to do here. Oh yeah. Tell me about yeah. it. I've been really fortunate having my sister here, but most of my people aren't my sisters. You know, they're 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 two years older than me, than, older than me in college. They can't really relate to someone that's two. You know, there's a lot of shit they've gone through that I haven't gone through yet. So yeah. You know. But at the same time, that was good for me because a few connections here and there. But for the most part, like you guys, I mean, you know, you guys don't know my sister yet, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like the closest people in my life at Fordham are through my connections that I okay. made myself. You no, know that's I mean? good. So it's been, it's it's like a good. I mean, Morgan, I love you, but uh, you know, your friends are great too. I love you guys too. But I'm glad that I made my own connections and that I'm not just part of my sister's friend group. <laughs> not that, not once again, I love you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Jesus, talking about connections and Equinox. So Michael, there's this guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I, once again, gee, if I could, if I told you one person that we both know from Equinox that I'm about to tell Michael about, who's the first guy that comes to mind? Does it start with a J and end with a P? You, I don't know. Does it? Possibly. You say what you say. Who's the first person? JP. JP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, JP. He is. I was intimidated by him. Yeah. Because I, you know, I heard, wow, this guy's a big guy in Wall Street, and he obviously dresses really nice. He's very professional. Always treated him with respect. And then the one time that we hung out, you know, you were talking to him, and I was like, oh, let's, I was like, and he goes, oh, Char-. now when he sees me, he says, Charlie, how you doing? I always say, oh, hey, how's the stock market? You know, how's, how's everything going? And he knows I, I know nothing about what I'm saying, <laughs> but at the same time, he knows I'm making an effort to talk about his interests. That's he, what matters. He appreciates it. He's a great guy. He'll come on the podcast one day. That'd be hysterical. So, That'd be yeah. great. I mean, that could be a really professional one. I think he'd actually be very shy. But so this guy is hysterical. He, yeah. He's super professional, and he's really nice. And he does, like, he comes to the gym, like, every day. And he does the workout classes, and he like I've seen him a couple times. He's he can like really move. I mean, like for a guy that's like a business guy on Wall Street, he's probably well, a little older. He's not like twenties, thirties. He's in there busting his ass. I mean, I give him yeah. all the credit in the world. That guy can. That guy. That guy grinds. So shout out JP from Equinox. <laughs> uh, we love you. Yeah, we love you. Get we him do. on here soon. Yeah, that, yeah that'd be hysterical. Yeah. He, he yeah he's like yeah actually recently he's presenting me with an opportunity. I knew he which would. Which I'm very grateful for. I knew he would. Which I can't say anything about yet, but yeah, in the future I can for sure. Oh, yeah, I, just, I have to sign an NDA, so. Listen. Yeah. I, when I, I see it happening. I mean, a guy with as, as high a status as JP, you'll be able to make a contact like that. You already have. You already have. Yeah, so congratulations I, I, to you. I think that's the one benefit of 
Equinox is that it has sort of the WeWork environment when you're in the lounge there doing all your work. And through that, exactly, I'm always there and I'm always doing my work. Exactly. And I can show, like I can kind of showcase my perseverance and my work ethic. Yeah. And some people get interested by it. So I've been approached by him and some other people as well, like seniors here and other people that want me to help them with certain stuff. Absolutely. And I think that's the one benefit of it that has opened up so many doors. Yeah. No, Equinox for yeah. me, in my proposal today, uh, I wrote a grant. I wrote a proposal for a grant from Fordham. It was due today. I got it turned it on time. I'm so happy that I did. Like I planned for that. I'm actually really, actually really pleased with myself for actually getting that done. We'll see what happens with the money. Um, but I had to, you know, talk about the project. And as I was thinking about the project, I go, okay, just let's take some notes and do a little mind reading and see what we can talk about to make this sound as professional as possible. And it wasn't hard because people at Equinox, I was like, the reason I've thought about doing this project is because I met them. For That's a definitely a starter, the performers, actors, people who are in professional films and television series, plays, Broadway. I went to see yeah. Harry Potter and that show blew me away. And at the same time, one of the lead characters was texting me beforehand and I was texting him during the show like just did a, like that scene was amazing and like he he would like he like responding? the and he would like like the messages on on Instagram. I was mm-hmm. like he is such a nice guy. He could totally blow me off. I am a guy that works at the front desk at his That's gym. That's true, yeah. And he's a, so and I, I I wrote about him uh in the proposal. I I referenced to having a friend that was in Broadway and I also on my little uh, mock schedule for the next 2 months that I had to submit, I put his name down. I said I'd love to have him. Yeah. I think he was the 10th guest. I had 10 weeks, 10 guests. I think he was number 10. And I, I was gonna, like I said, tomorrow, when I go in, if I see him, I'm going to say, hey, listen, I love, first of all, love the show, because I, I haven't seen him since then. Say, I want to go back again and like see it, you know, like, see if you can give me a free ticket. <laughs> uh-huh. But at the same time, hey, I'm part of this, I was like, I'm part of a production studio, because that is what I want this to be. And say, you know, we do a podcast, and we'd love if you came on and just talked. About your career, that might he might he's a nice enough guy. I feel like he would literally say, "Yeah, anytime, let me know." Like he has literally invited me just to like go and see things with like his Broadway friends, and I was like, no "Wow!" Way. Once or twice he did, and I'm not sure if he remembers that, but <laughs> he might be like, "What is he talking about?" But at the same time, like when I was done with the show, he goes, "Hey, come to the backstage door," and like and I was like, I was already like at a, at a restaurant. I was like, "God damn it." Because I was like, that would have been so much fun to see my friend. And then, I don't know, maybe he would give me a tour. Like, it's, once again, great content for the podcast and YouTube channel. But, like, he was a genuinely nice guy. So, he's going to be one of the guests I plan for the next 10 weeks. By, awesome, time, yeah. by the time we hit episode 10, he's going to be the 10th guest. So, I'm, I'm excited. we got a lot of work to do, guys. But yeah. this has been a great podcast. We mm. talked about it a lot. Yeah. You guys, I'm going to say it one more time. I am just so appreciative of the both of you for sticking with me, keeping me passionate, being passionate yourselves, and now sitting down here as my first guests. Michael taking over on the computer with yes, all the sir. tech stuff. G sitting here looking like a boss, talking about the Mandarin Oriental and all his international stuff. Me sitting here just chilling, talking the way I do for hours and hours on end. To all you listeners out there, I hope this has been an improvement from the first two episodes of the podcast. Be sure to go follow the Big Idiot Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Big Idiot Podcast. Shoot me an email. Send me a text. The email is at Big Idiot Podcast. I'm sorry, Big Idiot Podcast at gmail.com. Go support the GoFundMe. And guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been great. G. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Michael, thanks so much for sticking around. Of course. You guys are the best. Thank you, guys. Take care. See you in the next episode. Goodbye.